Hey guys, welcome back to the Survival Show Podcast. I'm producer Ben. And before we get into today's Manly Musings segment, let me just remind you to hit that subscribe button. That way, you never miss any of our segments or shows. As you listen today, I hope this segment gives you some great food for thought to chew on for your day ahead. Alright, let's get into it. Here's the man, the myth, the legend, Master Craig. Hey everybody, this is Craig Cottle. Welcome back to Manly Musings. My little foray into what's going on in my mind. Man, we had a really good recording of a podcast. You all may be getting this before or after you hear this one. I can't recall. But it's going to be a podcast with David and I about the topic of hunting. And we interviewed a really special guest, which happened to be me. <laughs> we we had a little another one of those little scheduling issues, and so David and I put together a podcast on hunting that ended up being one of the best I think we've recorded. So check that out if you haven't heard it yet, because it somewhat coincides with what I want to talk about today. Uh, not required listening, but it definitely will help if you listen to that one before you listen to this one, or vice versa. Here's what I want to discuss: is that. Uh, loss proofing is a very important aspect of survival training in my perspective and that is the ability to uh, navigate into an area and then navigate out of that area safely and there's a lot of things that go into that there's reading the landscape without a map there's being able to use a compass there's using a map there's using a gps there's any number of things that go along with navigating into and out of a wilderness area safely And obviously, uh, if you haven't realized this, uh, I, along with Tracy Trimble, an instructor at Nature Reliance School, we co-wrote a book on that topic called Essential Wilderness Navigation. And as David and I were recording that podcast yesterday, it... It kind of struck me. We, we talked about the benefits of hunting and all the things that go along with it. And we didn't talk too much about the negative things that come along with hunting. And one of the things that comes along with that is making sure that you know how to get in and get out of an area without getting lost and doing so safely. Uh, every year you hear stories throughout the country where hunters have gone into an area and they've gotten themselves lost. And I'm uh, I'm a big fan of... of uh, Definitely, I'm a big fan of hunting, obviously. So I want to do what I can to help people be able to navigate their way in and out of an area and do it in such a way that they can keep going back and doing it more and more and more and have fun and safe and all that good stuff. So what I thought I would do today is talk about navigation and the role it plays in a lot of things that we do that we might hunt. Now, you might think that I'm talking about only hunting white-tailed deer or squirrel or turkey or something of that nature or elk or what have you. But I'm not. I'm talking about you want to go out and hunt something in the woods that might be an animal for food. It might be you want to go hunt a particular type of tree or a particular mushroom or you want to go birding or something of that nature. And it doesn't mean just because you're going hunting that you're going hunting to kill something. Let's just go looking for something. Maybe that's a better way of describing what I want to talk is we want to go search for something and then come back out. That might be a lost person. That might be a deer stand. That might be white-tailed deer that you're stalking. And what I thought I would do is discuss this topic on two fronts. One, I want to talk about the things that particularly topography maps are not good for, the things that you can't get from a top 
topography map and the reasons why you need to get boots on the ground in an area and gain information from that. And then I definitely want to go into the things that a topography map will assist you with. And the perspective I took, and this is coming straight out of the book um, that we wrote together, Navigating While Armed for Hunting or Law Enforcement. So basically what we wanted to do was cover the topic in such a way that those that might have to carry firearms can can uh, safely go in and out of an environment. So we took it from an intelligence perspective, really. And so in part two, what I'll be doing is I'll look at the template analysis of an area. I'll definitely talk about maneuver analysis, and then we'll do breach analysis. So that's more of a technical side of how to use a map to your advantage for, again, hunting whatever it is that you want to hunt with a camera, with a gun, with your eyeballs. You just want to search an area. But in this one, I, I want to dig into these things that are problematic for using uh, and using navigation and the things that Topo Map cannot do. So the first thing I want to dig into is let's think about vegetation. If you pull up a, any topography map and you look at it, you'll have all kinds of different colors. And if you want to go into detail on what all the colors mean, then pick up the book. Matter of fact, on all this stuff, pick up the book, please. We love it when you buy our books and you actually use them and study them. Uh, but I'm going to give you some good lessons here today that you can do without the book. But obviously, I want you to get the book, please. But thank you for that. But uh, first things is that green typically represents a forested area. If you're looking at a map and you see a white area over here and a green area over here, typically what you're looking at is an an open area or maybe even an urban area where you're seeing the white and where you see the green, you're seeing a forested area. Now, with that said, one of the things that that green cannot tell you is the density of the vegetation in that area. So, for example, you might not realize that 10 years ago, the forested area that you're looking at was for, or was uh, was logged. And so everything there is a 10-year-old tree species or smaller and so with that said you you think hey man this is a nice little track of land and I look at it and and uh, I would like to hunt it and I talk to the landowner or it's on public land and when I get there oh no wow it was logged 10 years ago and it's probably not conducive to the type of hunting that I might have been looking to do when I went there so the density of the vegetation is one thing that comes out that the only way you're going to be able to accomplish understanding what's there is to get boots on the ground and walk around for sure. Along those same lines, a topography map does not give you any idea of the different types of species that are growing in an area. Let's go back to that forest uh, example that I gave in the first example. So you see that there's a forested area there and you think, hey, there's a bunch of, that's a mixed hardwood forest there. And what you don't realize is by not looking at the map and understanding direction and all the things go along with it, it looks like a good spot. But all of a sudden, when you get there, you realize, oh, man, wow, this whole forest is white pine or Virginia pine or something like it. And so maybe you're hunting animals, for example, and uh, white-tailed deer, turkey, for example, and you know that they love to eat acorns and the stuff that comes down out of a mixed hardwood forest and you get there and you find a pine forest, well, that's a whole different animal right there. I mean, that is a whole different uh, situation that you're going to have to deal with. So a topography map is not going to give you the idea of what exactly type of vegetation is there. So you'll have to get boots on the ground for that as well.
Now, as far as likely lines of travel, for example, you can look at a map and go, okay, it looks like there might be an open field here. That would be a good spot for example, maybe uh, wild turkey to go bugging and uh, taking their young out and getting bugs in the grass because bugs are a really good source of food for turkeys, particularly in the, you know, when they're first born and they're out doing their thing. And um, you can see a travel pattern that comes out of that. Just looking at the map, you can look at it and go, well, that'd be a good place for turkeys to travel possibly. And then when you get there, and if you have any tracking skill at all, you get in the area and realize, well, they just don't travel here for some reason. There might be, there might be some sort of human intervention into the area that keeps turkeys from coming to there. Uh, there could be predators in their area, maybe even a domestic dog or something of that nature because there's a house nearby. And so when you're looking at a map, you may not be able to, to you get an idea for likely travel lines for wildlife or humans or whatever it might be that you're hunting down or searching for. But in this instance, you'll need to get boots on the ground again to do some, some sign clue awareness and tracking uh, training to get out and, and make sure you know you can see exactly what is what is actually on the ground and that way you can be better prepared to uh, set yourself up for success. Now the next one is wind patterns and most of us know in our area in particular the prevailing winds and the directions that they travel and so understanding where those are and how they travel is really important. Think about this from a deer hunting perspective. If you know that there's a travel corridor for whitetail deer on which end of a hollow or a ravine or something of that nature that you want to set your deer stand up on because you want to be looking into the wind, right? You don't want the wind to be hitting you in the face and, and you think the animals are going to be coming from behind you because they'll wind you before they get there. So looking at a map will help that as well. You can look at the map and go, okay, this end of the hollow is where I want to set up the stands because I want to uh, be able to look at them coming out of this particular field or something of that nature. But, but, here's the important thing. Even though a map will be able to tell you that, being able to look at that map and is not going to be incredibly perfect, particularly in high mountainous terrain or even in hilly terrain because winds pushing into an area where there's hill or mountains is going to cause the wind to shift and go different directions just simply because the mountains change the wind patterns. And so that's definitely one of those things that you can get in on the ground and check things out. Now we have a chapter. It's one of the things that I just, I mean, the book that we wrote is worth the money just for this chapter. I'm getting ready to describe to you. Okay. Because what we did is we looked at the natural vegetation and the ways that you can look at an environment and determine the prevailing wind patterns. For example, I'll just give you one example. So you've got trees in a forest, for example, where there's going to be prevailing winds coming from one direction. Let's just assume for the moment that winds travel from the west to the east in a direct line. Okay. So if winds are going to travel from the west to the east, then leaves that might gather on the bottom of a tree, for example, are going to bunch up on the east side of that tree because the leaves that are on the west side of the tree are going to get blown around and get pushed off. But the tree itself will offer a wind break and so leaves will be gathered on that east side of the tree. 
And so prevailing wind patterns can be determined by looking at going out into a forest, even if it's not windy, and just being real situationally aware and seeing where the leaves are bunched up. Now, you're not going to find this on every single tree, but you can start looking at the trees in a bunch. And if you see a, a regular pattern, it's just good statistical analysis, really. If you see a pattern, then you can go, okay, this is the typical direction of the wind, and that's going to help you determine where you need to set up that stand, where you need to put yourself in a location to get the best photography that you want to get or utilize your gun for hunting or any number of things. And that way you understanding the wind patterns from a directional standpoint is important. And that is not something that you can get from a topography map because the prevailing wind patterns you know, but those hills and those mountains are going to change it on a regular basis. So yeah, that's it for part one. What I want to go into again on this next one is I want to go into uh, template analysis, uh, maneuver analysis, and breach analysis. Those are, again, on pages 229, 230 in the book. If you have the book, then you can reference this because there's a lot more detail there. But I'm going to go in that in part two and just wanted to talk about what a map cannot do for you in part one here. So thank you for joining us here at the survival show podcast and uh, we appreciate you greatly and, and glad you're um, glad you're listening in so if you ever have any feedback you want to give us then send that feedback to us go over the survival show.com and that way you can get in contact with us you can always leave a message here on anchor which is fantastic if you're listening on anchor then uh, you have the opportunity to go in there and just leave a voice message and uh, that works really well as as well so thanks for listening and as always Keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.